Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined as always. My Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we feeling today? Man, we are feeling good. I, I was just saying, every day that daycare is open is a blessing. But we have QB1, John Stocko, my beautiful friend here. Oh, man, my dear friend as well. John, we've been friends since, uh, I would say we've been friends since that fateful night at the Towers when Owen Daniels was your host Man, I was listening to the Owen Daniels episode that you guys did just laughing my face off because <laughs> I remember that night and that's a good, that's a good story. Um, I don't know where this conversation is going to go today. Wait, wait a second. You actually remember the night? That's uh, impressive un- unto itself. It, we tried, well, it, we tried. It is, but for not, not the reasons that you might think it's not actually not that impressive. <laughs> I remember that night. So <laughs> you also had a lot more hair. Johnny boy. A lot more hair. I did. I did. Okay. I looked very different back then. Uh, probably yes, a did. lot less body fat as well, but that's okay. Well, you know, it's the COVID. I, and it's also the it's winter. COVID. Dude, it's, COVID. it's where you're at. It's, it's like minus degrees a lot of times. All of us besides yeah, Paul Hubbard I, have uh, have more body fat now. Yeah, he's. I've seen some of his videos on uh, social media, and he, he's an animal. He's a monster. He always was a freak athlete, and now it looks like he's uh, – really wanting to pack on some muscle and he's, it seems as if he's doing it quite easily, although I'm sure it's not, obviously he's putting in a lot of hard work, but he, he, uh, yeah, he, he's on another level of, uh, of, uh, body and athleticism and all that, all that good stuff. He I, like I didn't he have play outside linebacker right now. He could, he could, he had the speed, he had the athleticism. He, now he's got the size. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he could step in there and not miss, miss a beat probably. He's too pretty to play outside linebacker. He, he's, he's a, he's a attractive he's a dude. Good looking, yeah. He's a good looking guy. <laughs> now he's just, I mean, I saw him do four Oh five on his back, probably more. Cause I can't even do the math with the weights anymore, but I like, I just watch him to go, man, I was doing that in college and he definitely wasn't. And now it's completely role reversal. Like I wouldn't even put a bar on my back, which is 45 pounds and do one rep, I'd probably get hurt. He's doing four Oh five, like 20 times. Like the guy's a monster. I give he, it up to he, him. Yeah, he is. He is. He's John, we're not here to talk about Paul Hubbard and how beautiful that man is. We're here to talk about you and your beautifulness. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of the amazing new offers available. Bet online where the game starts. So, John, you are from Minnesota. When did when did little John Stocko get into football? Like, was because you were obviously a baseball star as well. 
What what did that what did your like young John Stocko look like? Yeah, so athletics were all I wanted to do from a pretty young age. I remember my mom telling me that when I was really young, uh, before I started playing organized sports, um, I, don't, I, don't, I forget what age, but when I was very young, she said that when we were in the car, we'd be driving down the street and every house that I would see with a basketball hoop, I would point that out. You know, I could barely talk. I'd be like, hoop, hoop, hoop. So I, uh, I've always been into athletics. I started playing football in, I think it was fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And I wanted to quit immediately after the first practice, uh, because it was too much running, you know, in, in, in football, you, you know, you run some sprints in fourth grade, it's really not a big deal, but, uh, I wasn't a fan of running. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to quit, but stuck with it, you know, played a little bit that first year, I think, yeah, fourth or fifth grade, there was another kid that played quarterback. So we, we, we shared some time and, uh, stuck with it. And then the next year was like, okay, this is something I could be, I could be pretty good at. So that's kind of when that, when that all started. Were you a defensive guy also? Just offense? Yeah, so I was, I was bigger at that age. I grew a little faster, and all I wanted to do was hit people. Um, but I also had a strong arm. So, we would, uh, so we'd be playing. We were the only team in the league that would throw passes back then. And we had one kid that could run a post route. He's a really good athlete. He ended up playing at um, University of Minnesota, playing baseball there. So I'd throw a post route to him for like 40 yards and then he'd usually score. But if he got caught, like on the two yard line, I'd go in at fullback and lead block. Uh, Cause I was a bigger kid and I just wanted to hit people. So I do that. I'd play like defensive tackle. Uh, I'd play all over the place. And then junior high is probably when I really started focusing on quarterback and that's all that I played. And then, uh, and then my freshman year of high school, the senior starting quarterback got hurt like halfway through the season and they put me in at quarterback. And so I became a three and a half year starter at quarterback, but every year I'd beg my high school coach to let me play defense also. And he wouldn't do it and he wouldn't do it and he wouldn't do it. And then finally my senior year, he's like, all right, we, we got to play at free safety. I'm like, finally. Uh, so I got in there and, and most of the teams that we played were, um, you know, far, farm areas, big kids, pound the football, didn't throw the ball very much. Um, but anytime they did throw and a receiver was coming across the middle, I, I tried to light them up as best, I could, as best I could. Wow, that's a different stocko than I know, because, you know, we obviously everyone knows the quarterbacks as as the pampered guys. Tough. Yes, you were definitely tough, but that's awesome. I mean, I, I didn't know that about you. No, that, that was my, that was my outlet, man. I was, you know, as you know, I used to be very reserved and I, I'm still probably more on the reserved side of things, but of not, not as much as I was in the past, but athletics and particularly football were my, were my outlet, man. I, uh, I, I love to hit people. I uh, love to be physical um, in, in football, even on the baseball mound. You know, when I was pitching, my attitude was like, dude, you're, you're not touching this ball. I'm going to throw this ball 150 miles an hour, you know? Um, and to your point, I think I maybe hid that pretty well, that side of me, um, just because of my reserved nature. But uh, yeah, I, I've I've always had that from the time I started playing playing sports. Dude, I yes, you have been a very competitive dude. Do you remember when we used to have to go head to head in the weight room on like some arbitrary like we you and I would always go head to head in the core hold, and you'd have to hold a core hold your 
the, the hold, the core hold, the front core hold or whatever we should call it, you and I would go, it'd be at five minutes. This is the only time I could ever be that strong ever again. I've tried to do a minute and I'm like gasping for air. Five minutes. I'm looking at you. It's only us two. And I'm like, Sako, just go down, dude. You weigh a hundred pounds less than me. Just go down. And I'm like, you know, I'm convulsing the whole time. And at like 5.13, I just drop and you just laugh. And I'm like, man, because <laughs> here's what sucks. At the end of that, you did, you held the you held your front hold for five minutes and 13 seconds, got laughed at, and you held it for 5.17 or whatever. And then I would have to go up and do the team penalty run. And since I – yes, you had to do the double because you yeah. lost and then your team lost. You had the double run for that. And I was like, JD, I'm the second place with, he's like, dude, I don't care. You're doing that. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was my one claim to fame of anything weight room related or otherwise was <laughs> I could hold the front court challenge. And the only, maybe the only reason I was able to do it was before the first one, I remember JD being like, you want to be the starting quarterback? This is on you. This is your time. You got to lead these guys. You know, he's just in my face, just getting me so amped. I'm like, all right, <laughs> damn it, JD. I'm hold this thing for an hour if I have to. Uh, but yeah, you're just, you're just holding this front court, just shaking, just sweating, you know, pouring off your face. Just like, come on, when's this guy going to drop? When's he going to drop? The whole team's cheering. Oh. Yeah. Man, thanks a lot, Stocko. Wait, so hey, when sorry, did... man. <laughs> it's okay. I still love you. When you're... did... Were you playing basketball and baseball? And when did baseball become such – you were drafted too, right? I was, yeah. I was drafted by the Twins out of high school, um, but 45th round out of 50. So, <laughs> Hey, 45 is a good round. Good number. That's a, that's a good number right there. No, I, I actually told the scout – he wanted me to – he wanted to draft me in like the second or third. I'm like, you know what? My man Bernie, he's number 45. You know, just draft me in the 45th round. Like, that would mean a lot to him. Uh, that's not how it went, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, so I was drafted. My main position was pitcher. When I wasn't pitching, I would play a little bit of shortstop third, um, some other spots, but, uh, but yeah, I was a pitcher. Baseball was probably the first organized sport that I started playing with whatever it was, T-ball, um, or whatever. And, uh, that I, I think I had a fairly strong arm from the get go. Um, although I do remember when I was in, either middle school or junior high, I remember throwing with my dad in the backyard. Like that's all I wanted to do every single day. He got home from work. We'd go out in the backyard and just throw and throw and throw and throw. And I, I remember specifically one day he's like, John, we've been out here for like two hours. Like it's getting dark. You're throwing the ball harder. Like you're going to hurt me. Like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta go inside. You know what I mean? But that's, that's all that I wanted to do was just throw. So whether it was throwing baseballs or footballs or, even I got into kicking. I was also the um, kicker on the, on the high school team. Uh, and I just wanted to go throw and kick, you know, every day that I wasn't at practice. That's, uh, that's pretty much all I wanted to do. But yeah, baseball was probably the, the first sport that I started playing where it was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. At, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, I really like this. And, uh, and so, yeah, baseball was probably my first love. And then quickly thereafter, football. Uh, once I started getting into football, I just, I love football. But uh, football and baseball were the two main sports that I played. Uh, in addition to basketball, I played hockey uh, for a few years growing up, organized hockey. Um, but in, in, the, in the winter in Minnesota, everybody's playing at the park on the weekends anyways, um, whether you play organized or not. So yeah, football, 
uh, and baseball were the main two. And then in high school, I played football, baseball, basketball, but I played basketball for, I think three years, two or three years. I, I forget which, which year I know I didn't play my senior year. I think I played the first three years. Um, but yeah, football and baseball were my main two for sure. So well, when you, did you know? Oh, sorry, Maddie, go for oh, it. Oh, I was going to say, well, when you were playing high school football, you had a, a nice little target to throw to too, didn't you? I did. He goes by the name of Larry Fitzgerald. And, uh, <laughs> never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. Yeah, he. Uh, I totally made him what he is today, you know, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, yeah, our, our high school, our, our offensive plan um, was basically, you know, it was similar to Wisconsin. We were 21 personnel, I formation, fullback. We were running power and counter and ran a little bit of speed option. Um, you know, we had a fullback trap in there, Bernie, that we ran a lot. We had a big fullback. He's like 260 also. Um, but yeah, it was basically, all right, let's run power. Maybe we get two or three yards. Let's run counter. Maybe we get two yards. It's third and five. All right, throw it up to Larry. Let's go get a touchdown or first down is, uh, is pretty much how it went. But yeah, that guy just unbelievable, man. The, the athleticism. So he was a year older than me. And he started out at a different high school, and then he transferred uh, for his sophomore year. And that year, he only played defense. He played outside linebacker. And all the other coaches were talking to our head coach like, man, we, we think he could play receiver. Like, we think he could be a really good receiver. And he's like, you know, he's so valuable at outside linebacker for us. You know, in high school football, the hashes are so wide. So if it's on the hash, you just put Larry to the field. It's like, okay, where, where are you going to go with the ball? You can't, there's not much you could do. Um, so he was so valuable, but, uh, towards the end of that season, my freshman year, we got to the playoffs and one of our playoff games, I think I was hurt. So backup quarterback was in, uh, we were losing, we were down pretty big at the end of the game. We drove it down there. We got to the two yard line and finally they put Larry in at receiver and it was like fourth down. And so the quarterback just took one step and threw a fade up to Larry and he threw it like a mile high in the air. So Larry, you know, it's like he runs three yards and turns around. He's in the end zone. He's just like standing there waiting for it. The DB, the corner is standing right there and he just jumps straight over him, you know, catch like just effortless. And right then we're like, all right, this guy is just going to be an absolute monster. And, um, and so we go into that off season and then watching him train in the off season was ridiculous. He's like, John, let's go. I'm like, all right. So we go into the uh, we go into the hallway and there of the school and there's a stairwell. And he's like, all right, you're gonna stand at the bottom of the stairs, flat footed, and you're gonna try to jump up to the top of the stairs in as few jumps as possible. So I'm like, all right, so like I jump, you know, whatever, I clear like whatever three stairs and go up and up. It took me like four or five jumps to get to the top. You know, he's up there in two. You know, and it's just like we do that. Then we go out to the field. He's like, we're going to run. And we're running like hundred yard sprints, like over and over. And I'm like, where are you getting this from? And then we go into the gym and he's like, all right, let's, let's throw some passes. I'm like, all right. And, uh, so we go in there, we, you know, we get loose and, and he's catching balls and getting my arm loose and all that kind of thing. And I'm probably like, uh, 20 yards away. He's like, all right, put some, put some steam on these. I'm like, all right. So I'm throwing them pretty hard. Uh, from like 20 yards away, he's catching them. He's like, come closer. I'm like, all right, go like five yards closer, come closer. I'm like, all right. So finally I'm only like eight yards away and he's like, throw it harder. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, I threw like 93 miles an hour of baseball. So I'm just gunning these things. Like he's like, put it over here. I'm like, all right, 
catches it like this. Easy, 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 easy. He's like, all right, keep going like side to side. I'm like, all right. So I'm gunning him like to the side of his body. And then eventually he just puts up one hand catch one hand catch. I'm like this, this, this does not happen. Like this is just unbelievable. So he, uh, man, I, I actually was looking in my basement. I got a whole bunch of VHS tapes of our games and highlight tapes and as many ridiculous catches as you've seen him make in college and the NFL. Oh my gosh, man. The, the catches that he made in high school are just another level. If, if there's a guy that has better hands than, than Larry, I know a lot of people talk about actually Chris Carter and, you know, Jerry Rice, but he's, he's as good as it gets. Um, I think there's that stat floating around that he's got more career tackles than he does drops, something yep, like that. That's so, correct. Yeah. He just, the, the freak athleticism and the work ethic behind it. I mean, that's, that's why he is what he is today. So because of Larry being a teammate, I'm assuming a lot of people were coming around, you know, you're being successful. He's successful. The team's successful. What, what, what does it look like for you for like college sport? Like, did you know you wanted to play in college? Was baseball still on the table? Yeah. So baseball was on the table and that was going to be a tough decision because I was drafted by the twins, but I was, I started getting college attention my sophomore year and I was pretty naive to the whole process. I was pretty naive to, I didn't really fully understand like D1, D2, D3, like the levels of college football. Um, yeah, I didn't have anybody in my family that, that played division one football. My dad played at St. Thomas, which is division three. Um, actually now it's division one, but, um, you know, I didn't have anybody that played D1 and the D1 guys that I saw up close and personal were Larry Fitzgerald. And then, uh, we played against another team, uh, De La Salle, my sophomore year, um, in, in Minneapolis. And they had two seniors, Dominique Sims, who was like the best player in the state. One of the best players in the state that year ended up playing at the university of Minnesota, played safety linebacker, quarterback, a little bit of everything. So he returns the opening kickoff 99 yards for a touchdown. And then they get the ball. We got him backed up on their own one yard line. He takes a quarterback sneak 99 yards for a touchdown. And his teammate was Alan Anderson, who's six, six played basketball at Michigan state played in the NBA for a long time. Uh, I'm like, these are like the three D one guys that I know of for sure. I'm like, well, I am not those guys. So like, I don't know where I'm going to fit in. I don't know. Like, what level I'm going to be able to play at. I just knew that I, I loved playing and I wanted to play at the next level. Uh, but that process kind of started sophomore year. I started getting letters. Um, you know, you get the general forum letters and which I was super pumped up about. And then you learn that, well, that's not that big of a deal. You know, you get out of a list and those things just kind of get pumped out. Um, but Wisconsin was really the first school that started putting in the personal recruiting touches, you know, the handwritten letters they'd come to see me. Um, and then really the recruiting process came down to Minnesota and Wisconsin. Those are the two teams that were really recruiting me, um, that offered me scholarships. Um, and so that's really what the decision came down to either Minnesota, Wisconsin, or go to the twins and play baseball. And so Minnesota had a baseball program and they've got a good baseball program. And so that was a decision too. Like, do I go to Minnesota? You know, I could maybe play both. Uh, if I go to Wisconsin, I pretty much have to play football or I go to the twins. But one thing that made that a little bit easier was uh, coach Horton, my quarterback coach at Wisconsin at the time, who was one of my favorite people on the, on the planet. I uh, love that guy. But when he was recruiting me, he's like, well, 
we don't have a team, but you could play for the Madison Mallards. And that's like really high level baseball. You know, that's for college baseball players. They play there in the summer. He's like, you could play that. I'm like, Oh, great. You know, kind of satisfy both then. All right. It makes this decision a little easier. So, you know, go to Madison and, and then I get to Madison and it's like, Oh, actually the guy that owns the Mallards also owns the shoebox, and you can't have any affiliation. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, that stinks. Um, so I ended up just playing football, but I, I don't know if I would have been able to play both anyway. It's just, um, it, it would have been a lot. So that's kind of how all that unfolded. But what was it outside of baseball? What was it about Madison that you liked more than Minnesota? Uh, pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> really, you know, the, they started recruiting me first, which I really appreciated. Um, and I love the tradition. I love the program, the success, the, the Rose Bowls, the tradition there. I loved the campus. Absolutely love the campus. Uh, the school, uh, Camp Randall is unbelievable. The coaching staff um, really just top to bottom felt like that was probably the better place for me. Um, also it was nice to get away from home a little bit. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to go too far, but that was kind of a nice distance. You know, it's a four hour drive. Um, if I ever want to come back for a weekend or something like that. So, uh, really top to bottom. And then also they started recruiting me first. That was big to me too. So you get to campus when 2002, Yep. Wait, go back. Wait, go back, dude. Stocko, you visited. And oh, you had oh, yeah, the, the, the visit. <laughs> Wait, yeah. hold on. The visit. You, so, so OD's a quarterback. Yeah. OD's a QB at this point, and he's hosting you. So we got this guy from Minnesota, John Stocko, coming in, and we're like, let's just show him a good time. I didn't have anyone, I don't think, with me. So, and Stocko, so you showed up. Like, it was funny because we were, I was 19. You're 18 or 18 and 17. Stocko shows up. This is what I remember. We're drinking at the towers in the little kitchen. And Stock, you're like, listen, guys, I don't really want to drink. And we're like, all right, well, we're just going to drink everything then. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, listen, I would love to hear from yeah. your point of view, but like, that was really fun, man. Like, that was our first time meeting. How weird is that? Yeah, that was a blast, man. And I, I, <laughs> I feel for whoever has to make those decisions of who to match guys up with. Cause like I was, you know, I didn't party, I didn't drink, you know, all I want to do is football, like anything else. Like I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> I'm not interested in anything else. And, uh, and so, yeah. So I remember getting to the towers and I walk in and one of the first dudes, obviously met you. One of the first two other dudes that I met was Owen Daniels and Owen Daniels. I walk in, I'm, you know, I'm like six, one, maybe six, one and a half, like at that time, like 178 pounds, you know, like five flat 40, uh, you know, like three star quarterback from Minnesota. And I'm walking in and OD, you know, he's like six, four, like two twenty five, And he's wearing a, a tight tank top and he's just jacked. He's like, Hey, what's up, man? I'm Owen. I'm like, Oh, sweet. What position do you play? He's like quarterback. I'm like, what, what am I doing here? Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, you guys are having a good time and I was just taking it all in, man. <laughs> it's just observing. And, uh, but one thing that was cool was, um, you know, everybody was just so friendly, man. They came up, said, hello, what's up? How you doing? What's your story? What are you about? Uh, what do you need? You good? You need anything? 
uh, everybody was so welcoming, no matter, you know, if they're a freshman, senior, if they played, if they didn't play. Uh, so I, I really liked that. That was really cool. And uh, uh, to kind of add on to that, so I didn't come up to campus early uh, prior to my freshman year, like pretty much everybody else did. And I'm trying to remember why. I don't really have a good reason. I think maybe I was playing baseball and was like, man, I want to break. <laughs> I'm not going to go up there early. <laughs> and uh, so I literally, so most guys go up for this early for the summer and start lifting and conditioning before their freshman year. And I did not, Bernie, I got dropped off at the seminary on day no. one of fall camp. Yeah. I think, I don't know, like my parents dropped me off, like at the front door of the seminary, like, well, good luck. See you later. And I got like my duffel bag and a fan, you know, cause there wasn't the AC in there. Uh, so I didn't really, I didn't know that many guys. Uh, I had met a few guys on recruiting trips, you know, but, uh, didn't know that many guys had no idea what I was getting myself into go through the two weeks of camp. Like that was, that was brutal. <laughs> and, uh, and then we get back to campus and, you know, we come back to the stadium and the equipment staff's there. They're getting you set up with your locker and all that stuff. And I'm sitting down at my locker and Brett Bell was right next to me. And I didn't really talk to Brett. He was a year older than, at camp. He was a year older than me. He played corner, you know, maybe I talked to him a little bit, but didn't really know him. And uh, he's like, what's up, man? I'm Brett. I'm like, hey, man. And uh, he's like, so what's up with you? What's your story? I'm like, oh, I'm from Minnesota. I play quarterback. And he's like, all right, all right. He's like, uh. So, so what else? He's like, he, he's like, you drink. He's like, are you talking to people? You got a girlfriend? Like what else? Like, what's your story? I'm like, no, I don't drink. Uh, that's not really my thing. Um, and I got a, I got a girlfriend back home. She's a year younger. She's a senior in, in high school and it's going great, man. It's, it's all good. And he's just kind of like looking at me. He's like, huh? Huh? And all of a sudden he just goes, man, that's BS. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? That's BS. He's like, look, you can do whatever you want and we'll support you. But I almost guarantee you within three weeks, you'll be drinking beers and you'll probably be broken up with your girlfriend. And I think it was probably three weeks to the day I started drinking beers. My high school girlfriend and I broke up. So <laughs> he was uh, Nostradamus on that one. <laughs> Wait, where, Stocko, where was your locker in the locker room? So if you walk in from the weight room, it was straight ahead, like that yeah, first okay. row on the right. Yeah, that's where I was too. You were right over there too. Yeah. 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 I was all the way in the back though. Yeah. Yeah. That back, but yeah, the back, the back side, right? Yep. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep the fullbacks away from everyone else. They might infect the rest of the and locker room. It, right. And AD was right there too, wasn't he? AD was back there too. It's yeah. just a weird, they don't put the, in the locker room that we had. And I'm, I think it's the locker room now. It, it's very different by the way. They've, they've changed it dramatically. Um, they, they, not, they mixed the match. Like you'd be sitting next to some random people, defense, offense. No, but they they would put people next to like random I, that that side of the locker room. I hated the back row. I thought it was like the worst place to be. And the, all the way by the bathrooms was like where all the the old line were. At least that's what I thought. So I was like, man, this is great. I love this area. We had Dantes, who was bananas. You had Mike Eccles. Well, you weren't there for Mike Eccles, but that that was a pretty funny area to be. Yeah, Mike Allen, the kicker, was there. It was, it was crazy. So yeah, yeah, I I, I liked that though that they you know they didn't um, you know put same position guys all together. You know, it's kind of cool. You know, because otherwise, like I said, I I eventually would have met Brett and gotten close to to, to B Bell. But um, you know, had he not been sitting right there, I don't know if I would have been as close to him as I was. You know, so um, I think it's I think it's cool that they did it that way. It's just kind of random. I like that. 
Stacco, from you as the kid I met to you today is a complete transformation. <laughs> I would not, I would say for the better though, you, not, not because you drink beer now, but like we've had so many fun times together that were ridiculous. You, me, Zalewski, Gorman, like doing crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, just in Wisconsin. We've been in Chicago together. We've done them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when I was trying to think the last time I saw you, was it, it was in Minnesota, right? So we're, we were playing golf, weren't we? And yes. uh, that was, yeah, last it was summer. like a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun too. <laughs> that was, that was a blast. <laughs> I was it so like bad that degrees day. that day. Yeah. I, we were, so I think bad. we did a, yeah, we were hydrating a little bit though, so it was good. We, we definitely were, and that's the only way my golf game will get better. <laughs> if I'm moved up a little, right? <laughs> All right, so you so show I'll, up. Oh, go for it. No, I was just gonna say, always a good time, man. I, uh, I and I and and I uh, every time I talk to you, it's like you know the last year and a half. Maybe we've exchanged you know a few texts here and there, um, but we haven't been as close as as we normally probably are but even though just jumping on here it's like picking up right where we left off and uh dude you're just always the best man just the the friendliest guy full of energy so welcoming and uh i just every time i'm around you or talk to you i feel like i'm in a better mood so just well, appreciate you, know you man uh, you're, you're that guy for me you're the best <laughs> uh, thanks man appreciate Listen, what the best part about my wife's sister living in minnesota is that i can come visit you whenever we go there so yeah, and if, if you visit happy. and you if you visit and you don't talk to me, I'm gonna be upset. So oh, why come on, I gotta make that happen. Yeah. All right, absolutely. let's go back to football since we could talk about our bromance forever. <laughs> um, started that fateful code night in December of like 2002 or whatever it was, oh one maybe. But um all right, so you so you're at camp. Camp is by far the worst. I can't believe you were dropped off there. I am so sorry that I didn't know that at the time because <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, John, come over here and meet some people. Cause that is, dude, I showed up on a, on a, a stadium day when you had to run the stadiums. I thought oh. that was hell on earth, yeah. but the, the, the actual seminary was the worst place in the world. But I also like look back on it fondly because you you gained so many relationships with dudes that like, I don't think, you can get outside of football. Like I don't think living in a fraternity does it or a sorority. I think going to this place, being in a place that people don't get it. There was only air conditioning in the cafeteria and your meeting room. Your, your actual living quarters had no door in the bathroom. And if you had a, if you had someone in there with you, they, they watched you go to the bathroom. Like it's creepy. And it was hot every single night. It was like 95 degrees and you just brought a fan. People, dudes would show up with just like three pairs of shorts and a fan. Um, well, and, so <laughs> and and those first probably couple years, it was two days every day, and you couldn't leave. <laughs> I remember, like in the in the middle of it, maybe like the seventh or eighth day, like a Saturday or Sunday, like maybe they would give us like the second practice off, or they'd have this surprise, like guess what? You could go downtown for a couple hours and be back by whatever, 10 PM. <laughs> it's like you walk, go up, walk it out, walk up and down state street. It's like, all right, this is great. And it's like five minutes later, it's like, Oh, I gotta go back. <laughs> you were always <laughs> concerned with the timing of getting back on like by 10 o'clock. Also the seminary is only 20 minutes from downtown Madison. It felt like it was three hours away. It did. 
It did. I, I couldn't tell you anything what was in that area other than the seminary. I was like, you may as well have been going to Iowa. Like, I had no <laughs> idea. I was like, where are we? I have no idea. Are we south? Are we west? I don't know where we are right now. You know, you just get dropped off there. And then it's like the world is just shut off to you <laughs> for two weeks. I, 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 cannot... I agree with you. I agree with you, though, that when it, it was when it was two days, like every day at the seminary, that that was another level and you know to to have guys with you that are going through the same things and you just look you just look around and everybody's hurting everybody feels terrible everybody's sore uh nobody wants to do whatever it is that we're about to do uh i i think that probably does accelerate some relationship building for sure and what about they would bring the whole the whole gym to the middle like quad of the seminary and you would have to work out after practice too in your cleats yeah. with like heavy oh, and, weights and outside they would bring they would bring the weights outside too and you'd be like have all your stuff on ready to go out to practice and you forget you got to lift it's like <laughs> i feel like some days it was before and some days it was after practice like you, you'd have like your full leg pads on cleats like doing whatever oh man that was that, that was not a fun experience. <laughs> and I, no. and I had it easy. I, had, I didn't have to hit. <laughs> I, had it, I had it easy and I still don't ever want to go back to that. That was, I, that was, rough. I think that knocked a lot loose in my brain and Zaluski's brain at the, he'll, he'll say he hit me every time and he got the better of me. Yeah. Let's be real. Of course, obviously. All yeah. right. So, so that's, so that's year one of torture. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then stop. Sorry. Were you, so were you on the scout team? Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when coach, so going back to recruiting, when coach Horton was recruiting me, he was like, all right, you come to, if you come to Wisconsin, you're going to, you know, Brooks Bollinger will be a senior. He, he's a legend. You're not touching him. You're going to, so you're going to redshirt. And then your second, your second year, Jim Sorgi will be a senior. He's played a ton of great football f- for us. You're not going to beat him out. I mean, if you come in and just absolutely light it up, maybe you get some snaps, but you're not going to beat him out. Um, and then after that, I want you to compete for the starting job, win it and be a three-year starting quarterback. And so I was like, Hey, for me, that was perfect. (laughs) Two years to just learn, um, that, that, that was great. And so, uh, yeah, that's exactly how it played out. So first year, uh, redshirted, I was sixth on the depth chart (laughs) quarterback. It was, uh, Brooks, uh, Sorge, um, Shabert and OD, Devin Hollins, and then me. So that's six, right? Six, yeah. Uh, so sixth on the depth chart. And I w- it was so funny. I was listening to the Owen Daniels episode that you guys did, and he was talking about the quarterback tests that we would have to do every Friday before the games. And I, I've got a story about that. And so I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but we ran a pretty – basic offense in high school. I didn't know how to read a defense. Like I, I knew an outside linebacker. Okay. If he ran outside, I could throw a curl behind it. If he stayed inside, I could throw the flat route to the outside, your classic sort of curl flat combination. I could, I could do that, but I didn't do, I didn't really do much of anything else. So coming in here, looking at this playbook, looking at how to read a defense, how to call, how to call the plays. This was like a foreign language to me. And so Right away, I'm six on the depth chart. I get there year one, first fall, after the camp, get back to campus, starting to prep for week one. I'm six on the depth chart, going to be on scout team. So I go to the quarterback meetings for like 10 minutes, 
And then I got to leave and go with uh, Coach Spence to the to the scout team meetings to watch film of like whatever Iowa's quarterback that I'm going to be imitating that week. So it's like I'm not I'm not really getting any time to learn the offense, uh, but I still have to take this test on Friday about our offense and the defense that we're about to go against. So I'm taking these tests and I'm just bombing them like F F bombing them. And like the first one, or maybe the second one, uh, Scott Cavanaugh was the graduate assistant at that time. And he's working with the quarterbacks. And so one day he pulled me into the office and he sat me down he's like, he had the test. He's like, what the heck? What is this? He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, coach Horton is pissed. Like you failed this test. Like, do you want to be here? Like, just, I'm like, Whoa, man. Like what is going on here? So I was like, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, but this is like a totally new language. And I, I think, you know, he was just trying to, uh, <laughs> you know, scare me a little bit, you know, just messing around with me. But I was like, Oh man, like this is totally new to me. This is a total another language. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so I was like, Oh my gosh, man, like this, this is brutal. I, I have no idea what I'm doing and I don't have a ton of time to learn it. Um, so I'm on scout team and, you know, I'm going up against our ridiculous defense that, you know, we had a couple of years, um, just a lot of great players and, and trying to imitate the other team's uh, offenses or the other team's quarterback as best I could. Um, so that, that first year was, was rough. Um, dude, I, I, it, it was like, I would go home on Fridays and go back to the dorm after our practice on Fridays the travel, if we had like an away game, the travel team would leave. I'd go back to the dorm room, just sit there and be like, whew, man. All right. I can breathe for a little bit, like chill for Friday night, wake up in the morning, watch the game. Um, but man, it, that first year was just a whirlwind of trying to pick up as much as I could, but it, it was all totally new to me. I would say that you summing up like being redshirting and being on the scout team perfectly. Cause like I did the exact same thing and I, I wouldn't say I loved away games. They were just different, but you got like, you got home on Friday and you're like, wow, man, I, I got 24 hours to do whatever I want. Like nobody's going <laughs> to yell at me. I, I can go to a bar. I can walk around school. Like, I don't even know. I just thought it was so fun. And you're like, the only thing I got to do is be at the developmental lift on Sunday at 11 AM. And that's all I got to be there for. And you'd watch the game, I, but, but you're right. That getting, beat up getting yelled at and then imitating i i don't think people even understand this like you, i never spent one minute in the running backs room my first year after camp i just went with coach spence and we would just watch the other teams and talk about the other team so you're legitimately yeah. a wisconsin badger learning each week about somebody else who you're going to imitate you're the you get his jersey and you go and you do that for you know 12 13 weeks it's it's pretty you know like you don't, you don't get all the accolades that you kind of deserve. Like, you know, who is the scout team player of the year? I don't even remember who it was probably Owen, but like who honestly, like everyone was, cause you just suffer through that. And you're right though. But I remember we used to party hard on Friday nights cause we were free and I was oh, like, yeah. this is great. But then once you, you know, then once you start traveling, like there's no thought of that. You just go, you get on the bus and you you're off to wherever you're going. Yeah, you get on the bus, go to the airport, fly. Yeah, you have your walkthrough at the stadium, uh, you know, your dinner. And uh, and then, yeah, you pretty much go to the hotel room, wake up, and 
8 a.m. Probably early, uh, earlier than that. Way breakfast. Yeah, way earlier than that. You're eating breakfast and then, yeah, onto the stadium for game day and then fly back after. So I'll tell you what, when we played on 11 a.m.s, I hated playing an 11. I liked it when we were done because we had all the time to go and party. But yeah. we, but the we were up mandatory breakfast. What was like 6.30 in the morning? Yeah, something like that. I remember waking up at six, like 25, put it, I put all my clothes out. I didn't shower. I just put them on no socks, went in, ate whatever I could, went back to sleep, showered and was in mass at like eight 20. Yeah. I had, a. I forget who you're talking to on one of the other episodes, but you're talking about how your experience there makes you just paranoid of being late, like for the rest of your life. And I, <laughs> I remember like whether it was an early lift or like game day, like checking my phone, like 25 to, or alarm clock. I think it might've been the alarm clock. I don't even know if I had, was using my phone for that at that time, or even had a cell phone at my first year. Maybe I, I probably did, but uh, like checking the alarm clock, like over and over again to make sure it's set. And like waking up at night, like what time is it? Am I late? Did I wake up? Like <laughs> I could, oh man, that was, that, that, that was, that was not fun. And those, those 6 a.m. lifts in, in, uh, in the off season, it was like, I remember, so first year, you know, as a freshman, you get put in all the 6 a.m. lifts because nobody wants to be in those. And so I remember one of the first ones, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to be late. I'm going to get there early. I'm going to be in there addressed like 5:40, like done. Good to go. So I get in there. I'm feeling good. I'm walking in at like 5:38, and guys are dressed like, walking into the weight room and I'm like what so I like hustled get, got my stuff on and ran in so the next time it's like all right I gotta be dressed and ready to go by 5 30 and just making sure that alarm clock is set the night before oh man I remember they had I, I think it was my freshman year and somebody was late to a lift I forget who it was and we're going through our lift and I, I didn't realize it at the time because they were late they didn't this whoever this was didn't come in with us into the weight room so we started doing all of our stuff and we're in there get through a warm-up and we're lifting and at one point i remember looking over to the stairmaster i i wish i could remember who it was but somebody had jd had this dude on the stairmaster weight vest on which is i don't know 25 pounds holding a 45 pound plate over his head and just sweat just pouring just dying on the stairmaster and I had that like seared into my brain. I'm like, I will not be late to one event for the rest of my four or five years here ever. So <laughs> that was, oh man, I, I still think about that to this day. Uh, that was, it's just seared into my brain. It, it, there's nothing more scary in my life than being late to anything. And nothing more. I woke up once in the towers I put on my boots, put my pants on. I had everything. My belt was in my pants. That's how paranoid I was. Everything, keys, um, wallet was in my pants waiting by my bed so I can just put them on quick. T-shirt, sweatshirt, whatever you needed. I brushed my teeth. I remember one time, um, OD's like, Burn, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I got that early lift today. And he's like, dude, it's in four hours. And I looked at the clock and it was 1.30 in the morning and I'm already brushed and ready to go. I was like, man, this is how, and, and that was my fresh mirrors. Like you could not be late. There was nothing you could do. And if you were, it was, there was no hell worse than being late. Cause JD basically made you throw up. 
Right. Like it was like impossible. And so, oh man, you're bringing back all these good memories and some of these like not so good memories. Yeah. And, and there's, and, and then the transition when you're done playing, you know, there, there's some things where that kind of sticks. Like you, you still, I think a lot of us kind of still have that in our brain where we don't want to be late to things. And, you know, I've, I've been late to a couple of things and it, it's a terrible feeling, but it does not happen very often. So that kind of sticks with you a little bit, but uh, when you lose a lot of that structure and that accountability at first, that can be a, a challenge to, to try to work through. I know I, uh, I definitely struggled with that a lot in my, in my life after college and after athletics was like, all right, so I could just stay home. I could just not go work out today and like nothing would happen. And like, there'd be no negative side effects until maybe years later. <laughs> I'm super out of shape. Like that's, that's kind of a, a weird thing to, to kind of try to work through. So that was something I know I struggled with for a while. And looking back on, even though as much as I complain about it now, kind of appreciated that, that we had that negative accountability and, and that kind of structure, because it, it, it does make you better as, as painful as it is to go through it. It definitely does make you better. Oh, I, I feel like I would run from the cops to not be late at a so like a special teams meeting and I'd be like if i'm double scooting with someone because yeah. we have to both be at the meeting and a cop's driving behind me i'm like dude you can come in and talk to barry alvarez like i don't really care because i can't be late to this yeah right Do you remember when were, were you there when mark bell went through some of the back of a, a car this is maybe i don't remember if you were there and the, his coach came out i can't remember who the guy was i don't think you were here for this and he's, he's getting in the ambulance. Like he, somebody backed out when he was driving on a scooter and didn't look and just backed out real quick when he, and he went right through the windshield, the, the rear van windshield. And, um, and his coach came and he was, he was getting in the ambulance. I called his dad. He's getting in the ambulance and the coach is like, Hey Mark, are you coming to practice today? And I was like, Oh my God, this is re like, this is how important and how much like everyone needed to be at practice. And I think Mark was like, dude, I don't think so. Like he had key cuts on his face. Like it was nuts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, but it's when, when you're, when you are performing with that intensity at that level every day, like I remember, so we, you'd get like what, two weeks off for summer break and come back. And I, I would come back and, you know, you're supposed to be you know, doing some of your own workouts a few times a week. And I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I'm taking a break and coming back after those two weeks, I, I felt like I couldn't do anything. Like I was about to throw up after the warm up. I felt like my throw, like I, I forgot how to throw. Like there, there is, there is something about just whatever it is that you're doing, just doing it every day. Because if you take a couple days off, it does. I feel like it really does set you back. Obviously that you know, that is extreme and <laughs> you shouldn't be going to practice. And that's, there are things that are more important than practice. Uh, but you, you feel it, you know, if you take a couple of days off, like a long weekend or something like that, it's like, I feel like I have, I've, I'm struggling to put one foot in front of the other. Like, I have no idea. I've lost my coordination. Like this is, this does not feel right. And it's been like two days off. <laughs> but it's funny because we only had like two or three weeks in the summer before we had to actually come back to start preparing for the season. And I just remember I would work out during those times. They give you the card and they say, go do these things. And I would do the list that like I knew would suck when I got back squatting, hand cleaning. Like those are things you don't want to drop off. No matter how you came back, it still sucked. Like nothing could prepare you for that first week. And the best was the first day 
JD, we would do, remember we would do shotguns. Yeah. And it was like run 15 yards or 20 yards back and forth, back and forth six times. And we, it wasn't like JD never said like, all right, we're going to do five of these. He was like, all right, we got shotguns. And it basically was like, till he felt like we were back. I, it just was such a weird, I just remember sitting there going, man, if I don't, if somebody doesn't throw up soon, we're never going to finish this. Yeah, no, I think that's what it was. I think we would go until somebody threw up because those were the times where you saw the most guys throw up was <laughs> the first two workouts. The first two days after summer break was like, you look over and there's one dude at the trash can. You look over, there's another dude in the trash can. Like that didn't happen really much after that. You know, it takes you a couple, couple days to get back into it. And, uh, your body kind of picks up where it left off, but yeah, those first couple days back, oh, ruthless struggle. All right, so stock. So Sorgi graduates. You're in. What's that? Because because Stocko threw that pass to Lee Evans in 03. You know, he was getting a lot of hype. You were getting a lot of hype. What was the competition like? Because I know we're all friends, Shaver and, and you and me. We're all we're all very mm-hmm. good friends. What was the competition in the room like? And then, I mean, then how did that set up your career, which was fantastic? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so my second year, uh, I think it was the Iowa game. Sorgi got hurt. Uh, Shabes went in and I think he threw a couple interceptions and then they put me in and I, I don't know if it was third or fourth quarter. Um, but it, it was later in the game. And, you know, I, at that point, you know, before I think Sorgi was healthy, I think he started that game. So, you know, going into the game, I'm third on the depth chart. You know, I'm just doing hand signals, you know, very unlikely I'm going to play. And um, Sorgi goes out, Shaves comes in, um, and then they took him out, and they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put you in. And I'm like, all right, let's roll. And uh, so they, uh, they started me off with a couple easy throws. Like I had a rollout uh, and threw a corner to uh, Darren Charles. Who's six six? I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna float this up high. Hopefully, Chelsea catches it, and he did. Uh, he made a great catch. And then, um, and then we had a play where Lee Evans ran like a. He started running a dig across the middle, and then he pushed it up to like a go route, like a deep route. Um, so he broke to the middle and then pushed it up. And um, you're supposed to read it, you know. So I drop back, and if that safety is high. I was supposed to look to the other side of the field and I just didn't. I was like, I'm throwing this to Lee. <laughs> I just bobbed it up there and Lee did what Lee does, you know, made an unbelievable catch and double coverage. And, uh, and so we moved the ball down the field. Um, that I think that was the last drive late in the fourth quarter. And we get up to uh, maybe the five yard line and threw a couple passes that got bad at last. I think the last play, um, or one of the last plays I threw a pass to Lee, got batted down. Um, and I think maybe like 20 seconds left and we lost the game, something like that. So, um, had a, had a couple, a couple of completions that I felt good about. It's like, all right, you know, this is something that, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I'm ready for and, and can play a little bit. Um, but at the same time, well, I was like, was so close. Just wanted to win that game, man. I was always a tough game. It's always rivalry game. And, was right there. So I just couldn't stop replaying, you know, those last couple throws in my brain, like, man, how could I have completed that ball? How could have, how could we have gotten in the end zone somehow, some way? Um, but that was my first taste of action. So being able to move the ball a little bit down the field uh, did give me some, 
some confidence um, going into the following season. And, um, and well, back up. So then after Iowa, I got in again in the bowl game a little bit, um, played a little bit there too. And then, so going into the off season, yeah, you said it. I mean, uh, Shaves is one of my uh, great friends. I, I love Shaves. You know, he and I were always close. And uh, so it, it was very much like, you know, we're, we're both here because we want to play. Um, and whatever happens with that isn't going to change, you know, our friendship or anything like that. Um, so, you know, there's competition and, and I don't remember at one, at what point I was named the starter. I, I have no idea when, that, <laughs> when that all, uh, unfolded, but, uh, yeah, I became the starter 2004. Um, great defense had a great start to the season. Um, you know, I was throwing for like a hundred yards a game. Um, you know, trying to get my feet wet, trying to get into the, into, into the, trying to get the feel for things, you know, playing every, every week against big 10 defenses. Um, and it was a learning year for me. You know, I felt like I had some good moments, Minnesota game felt like I played really well. I think there are other moments that I had. Um, but, uh, certainly wanted to, wanted to take a big jump after that year going into, uh, my last two years. But, uh, yeah, we had a great defense that year at AD and, uh, um, JO and Brandon Williams and, uh, I think getting some experience that year really helped going into the following year when things really started to take off a little bit more. Yeah, you had a pretty big jump between your sophomore and junior year, especially in terms of how much the coaches seemed to rely on you to, you know, be a bigger part of the offense. And, you know, obviously AD graduates after your sophomore year. And so you've got a, you know, a new guy, Brian Calhoun, comes in in the backfield. You still got Bernie, thank goodness. Um, thankfully, thankfully, um, for four games though. Yeah. For four games, yeah. but you know, you don't know that heading into the year, but my lasting memory of John Stocco, uh, your junior year was my sophomore year and is the, the game under the lights against Michigan. Uh, that is, uh, you know, as far as in-person experiences, uh, I, I've told Bernie this, my, my two favorite experiences as a Badger fan in, in camp Randall are Bernie's game against Penn state. And your quarterback sneak, your quarterback sneak might be my single favorite play that I was in the stadium for. Uh, so walk us through that game because Michigan was a top 10 team at that time. It was it was a huge, huge game. And, you know, just walk us through, you know, that game and then, you know, that last play at the end to go on and, and beat Michigan. I love that. That's such a great memory that you have of that game. That's awesome. Uh, that That was that was a fun one. You know, Michigan's always a big game. And, uh, I, it seemed like up until that point, we hadn't had a lot of success against Michigan. Uh, so to win that one was, was big, but, uh, but yeah, in that game, so that, that Michigan defense had a bunch of guys that were uh, like juniors that the following year in 2006, they were just one of the best defenses in the country. They had Lamar Woodley, maybe Allen branch D tackle inside, Leon Hall. So Woodley, Leon Hall, first round picks. Um, Branch was a monster. They had another linebacker that was really, really good. So really good defense. And uh, yeah, going into that. Yeah. So that game was a close game. You know, Chad Henney is a really good quarterback. They had some good receivers. They were making some big plays. Um, close game, you know, most of the game. And, uh, and then we get towards the end of the game and that last drive, um, Calhoun carried us as he did a lot of times that year. He was a beast. And uh, so he got us down into scoring range. We get down to five yard line. I think it was. 
And first down, threw an incomplete pass. Second down, threw an incomplete pass. So third and five. And uh, I remember thinking, all right, what do we got? Because, you know, we signaled in the plays. So the backup quarterbacks, you know, every hand signal, one hand signal was a shift. Another hand signal was motion. Another hand signal was a formation, so on and so forth. So, you know, it was a series of, you know, hand signals. I remember thinking, all right, you know, what do they got? And I'm waiting for the signal to come in. I'm thinking it's probably going to be like a spider, which is like a a bunch pass play that, you know, works pretty well um, in, in, in that zone of the field, you know? And uh, so I'm kind of expecting that to come in and uh, all of a sudden I see the signal and it's Trey Wright 70. And uh, I, and I, I saw the signal and I was like, what, what play is this? It took me like two seconds. I'm like, Oh, quarterback draw. What? All right, let's go. And, uh, cause you know, quarterback, I mean, I ran a five, one That's a play that like you put in on the second day of fall camp. I run it once and you're like, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> you know, like we don't, we don't need that play anymore. We'll save that for next year when, when Tyler Donovan uh, is the quarterback and can actually run. Uh, so I was, it took me a second. I was like, Oh, quarterback draw. All right. So I remember thinking like, this is third and five, 20 seconds left Michigan. Like, I don't care who's standing there. Like I'm running somebody over, I'm trucking somebody and drop back. Great blocking. It was like parting of the red sea ran right. Thank God there was nobody there. Cause if there's like a, one of Michigan's linebackers there, I would have got smoked, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my mindset was like, I'm, I'm running somebody over, but um, luckily I don't even think I got touched. Um, and then I just remember like immediately after I crossed the end zone, like OD, uh, Dominic, everybody just mobbed me, like swarmed me. Uh, I'm running off the field. Like my ears were like almost ringing. I was like, this is one of the loudest. <laughs> it was like right there in the end zone. You're like right there next to the first row of fans. It's and, the loudest uh, I ever remember the stadium. Oh man. It, it was, it was so loud. And then coming off the field, just guys were just going crazy, man. Like, like seeing the smile on everybody's faces is just such a great experience. Um, and, and just beating Michigan was big. Cause like I said, I, I don't think we had a lot of success with them, uh, against them in, in, in previous years. So in yeah, person, I was, I was sitting next to one of my friends who went to Michigan, came to Mich- came for the game and was in, we were in section O and he was like the one person wearing Michigan gear in section O and he just had to like hang his head and just <laughs> take all of the verbal abuse from the entirety of the section. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, just what a what a what a play call. Because no one's expecting it. Literally, no one is expecting it. No, I I didn't even know what the play was at first. (laughs) It's unbelievable. (laughs) Because because I I I wasn't in the huddle. So but but I used to watch the quarterbacks do the hand signals. So you pick up on things, which is kind of funny because I can't pick up on a language, but I could pick up on these hand signals, and I knew the ones to look out for. Right, John, like I was like, oh no, did they just call this play again? Come on, man. 122 slide draw. Come on. Because they did the one was your hand and the two. Yeah. And then it was slide draw. And I was like, no, this is the 30th time in a row. And it's just one ISO, me on the middle linebacker. You know, I remember 30 zone for the pullback. Oh man, I remember all these. So funny. 
I mean, it's that funny. It's so funny that you pick up <laughs> you pick up on them because that's you know the pass plays were easy to understand. You're like, I didn't know what they were. I just knew it was a pass play at some point. But yeah. um, well, and like, even dude, and even in, in in practice, like we'll be going against. All right, it's time where we go ones on ones, and uh, I'll be looking over to the signals, and uh, I'll kind of in in the corner of my eye, I'll see Stellmacher, you know, for, you know safety. Yeah. <laughs> Also looking at the quarterback, I'm like, Stelly, stop looking over there, man. I'm like, come on. <laughs> it, you know what? It's funny because yeah. they would get the script too. I feel like the defense always had our script for inside run and knew exactly what we never changed the plays. Like the first, the first play was always a zone. 21 personnel. It was zone right or left with a little bit of motion, maybe every single time. John, John Welsh and I, J Dub, we would hit each other and be like, dude, every time the first hit was like we would both win if that could happen because we do the play every single time. Then it was like a power. And I'm like, you guys are cheating. Yeah. Like Jimmy Leonard do, couldn't get blocked because he, there was no one to block him. It was nine on eight. Basically they called it nine on nine. Cause the quarterback, he can't block anybody. Jimmy made every play. I was like, dude, you just know it's a run and you have the script. Somebody's telling you these, like the cheat code. So oh, yeah. de- defense, defense was constantly cheating. If, yeah. if you move the ball at all, when we're in ones on ones, it's like that. That's a that's a big win because like they know what play is coming. They they know exactly what you're gonna do. And I guess there's an element to that. It's like as an offense, we don't really care. We're still gonna run power. <laughs> we're gonna run power. Two two thousand four, Bernie, uh, Ohio State. We had the lead last drive. I think we were, I think we ran power thirteen times in a row. Oh, for it, sure. It was. Power left, power right, power, power left, fire panther, ice panther, left, and right. it worked every time. <laughs> yeah, it ran the clock out. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting the ball. I even got a power at the end of that game. I think. And you did. I, I did. You I did. got it for yeah. thirteen yards. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I did my job, man. Like, Ad, come back in, man. I'm. I don't want to play this position anymore. Uh, wait, Sox. So I know we're running out of time, and we didn't get to a lot, but. What do you see? I guess we'll, we can wrap it up on, on a Graham Mertz question. What do you see from him from, you know, the beginning when he came in, he had that one game that was just unbelievable. And then to now, like what, what do you see from him that you really like and what are you hoping for the future? So much talent. He he's so accurate, um, especially on the deep throws or, or has the ability to be, and, and he's shown that he can be. And at times it's like, the, the deep throws that he makes are are right in stride for the receiver. Um, he he can have very very good accuracy. Um, he's got good feet in the pocket. Um, he can he's got plenty of arm. Um, and at times he's he's great. You know I think you know I don't think this is really earth shattering, but he I, I think he's just got to figure out a way to put it all together to be a little bit more consistent. And you know I was listening to the. Brandon White podcast, you guys were talking about that a little bit too, and uh, I think summed it up pretty well. I think it's a, a combination of of things that you'd like to see more of. You know, you'd like to see him be a little bit more accurate at times. Um, maybe you'd like to see a little bit more separation at times. I, I think the receivers and tight ends have overall done a really good job. Um, I think you'd like to see, uh, especially early in the year, maybe a little bit better protection at times up front. Um, and so it's kind of a combination of a, of a little things that are just, you know, a step off here or there, or, or just slightly off here or there that just aren't quite gelling. And, you know, I'm not really sure what the, 
what the reason for it was, um, you know, and it's, it's a different offense too. You know, I, I third and three, um, a, a lot of third and three scenarios, they're, they're lining up in 11 personnel and, and shotgun and, um, pretty much drop back pass. Um, and so I, I think knowing coach Chris and, and coach Rudolph, there, there always seems to be a reason obviously for, for why they're doing what they're doing. And I always felt like one of coach Chris strengths was putting guys in a position to be successful. Like if you can do this one thing really well, all right, we're going to do a lot of that. We're going to disguise it with a lot of different uh, formations and personnel groups. And, but we're basically going to do the same thing because that's what you do really well. And so to me, when I see them doing that, I think, okay, maybe that's the best chance that they feel like they can be successful. Um, you know, but looking back when we played at third and three, I feel like we we're in 12 or 21 and still probably running the ball, you know, <laughs> like maybe play action. Um, so it's different. And that could be a, a function of what defenses are doing now too, which is different. There's just so much, um, speed and athleticism and, and, and maybe it's harder to do that now. Um, so I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know enough behind the scenes to, to be able to say, all right, this is what you know, coach Chris and coach Rudolph are seeing, and this is why this is what they're doing. Um, I just know that my experience with coach Chris, uh, would tell me that, um, he, he's going to try to find a way to put guys in a position to be successful. It doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but, uh, and I know that's kind of a long answer, but I, I just, I don't really know what the reason is because I know Mertz has so much talent. He can be so accurate. Um, so you, you kind of expect him. I think everybody expected him to be you know, 65% completion, 68% completions and, you know, 3000 yards and, um, you know, a whole bunch of touchdowns and not many picks. Um, but what is, what is the exact reason? I'm not really sure. I think he's got the talent to be able to do it. Um, but for some reason they just, they just haven't had all that gel together consistently. So, yeah, I would agree on a bunch of those things. I, I think it's, you know, I think he has the confidence sometimes and when he plays with it, he plays really well. And when he trusts himself, think he plays well when he doesn't trust himself he gets in some trouble um i would like to see him hit you know some of the shorter routes when he is in trouble hey throw it to the back like get it out of your hands yeah. make an easy play you don't need to do something special i also don't think we have a deep threat which i think hurts you know you had a six six guy and lee evans at one point you know like those guys are deep threats and they can catch the ball over the field i just don't feel like we've had that but i'm looking forward like this is his third or fourth year, third year. This will be his next year will be his third year as the starter uh, and fourth year in the program. But it's his, th it's his second year playing third year playing. What, what does it count? This as? past season was his second year. He okay, started so the COVID season of 2020 and this year of 2020. And he's also had the COVID season and like, there's yeah. a lot of and he had other COVID himself. Yeah. And he had, right. There's a lot of other to throw into this. It wasn't like we're trying to make just the lift and we're getting mm -hmm. freaking out about it. These dudes are dealing with so much other stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I'm excited. You know, John, your third year, you took off. I'm excited to see if that's, you know, what what Graham could potentially do. All right. So we're going to I always get to ask you guys a couple rapid or ask you a couple rapid fire questions to finish this off. So uh, I'm going to start. What was your favorite pass player passing uh, or, or root tree or concept uh, to throw? Oh, seven route. So a deep out route. Um, the, the receiver will kind of run a burst release where he releases inside, almost like a slant. And then he'll straighten up uh, for about 10 to 12 yards and then he'll break outside to the corner. So it became apparent pretty early on that Brandon Williams was really good at running that route. And, and so he and I worked that 
a lot. And there are a lot of games where the read would dictate that I should probably get off it and throw it to another guy, but I stuck with it anyway. And <laughs> just because <laughs> I knew exactly where he was going to be because we did it so many times, I would just put the ball there and he'd find a way to get there and make the catch. So and, and he was such a good athlete. He was such oh, a good he, athlete. Oh man. He, he is so underrated that that guy mm-hmm. was unbelievable. Um, Lee Evans was unbelievable of course, but, and I, Brandon Williams just, I think he gets overlooked because he was, you know, he was smaller, not, not as tall. And, you know, if you got a guy that's six, four, that can create separation, obviously that's great. Um, but Brandon Williams was elite in creating separation. And that's what you need as a quarterback. You need a guy that can break um, on time where he's supposed to break to do it with speed and create separation from that defensive back. And, and Brandon Williams was as good as anybody at doing that. You also love to have that guy in the six o'clock lift. Cause he was funny, man. He would just bring your spirits up no matter what. Like he would just talk, talk smack. And I just loved it. Like I'd be there and like, oh. man, I don't have to say anything today. B Wills is going to talk the whole time for me. Oh, I, I love And you know, going back to camp when I got dropped off day one at seminary, <laughs> he and I were the same class and he day one was like, just talking smack and knew he could play and backed it up too. Like I remember in the seminary, you know, you go through two days every day and then meetings and it's like, you know, you eat dinner and then it's like nine o'clock and guys are beat, man. They're like, maybe play some video games and go to bed. Dude, he was in his room, like with the playbook, with like pens, markers, just studying, studying, studying. And that, that's why he started a big reason why he started as a freshman. But that, that was great being around him, just watching how he uh, how he went about that. And I agree with you, just having him in the huddle, having him in the, in the weight room, um, just brought us all up to another level. All right. Hardest hit you took. Uh, I basically got knocked out of the game against, um, Akron. It was one of our non-conference games, uh, Bowling Green, maybe Bowling Green. Bowling Green, uh, my junior year, I was running. So I dropped back to pass. Nothing was there. And I took off running like right up the middle and I made it back to the line of scrimmage and I didn't get tackled yet. I'm like, all right, all right, let's get what I can. And I kept running and I got like seven yards down the field and the free safety comes screaming straight at me. And I'm like, "Ah, I've never really been in this position before. I actually downfield running the ball. And so I like should have slid feet first, but I kind of like started leaning head first. (laughs) And so I was just leaning this way. He's coming this way. And it was straight head to head. I did a 360 in the air, um, knocked me out of the game. I had to come out of the game, which nowadays like I'd be done. Um, but went back into the game, (laughs) like a series later. And I threw the most, wobbly, ugly touchdown pass you've ever seen in your life to Jonathan Orr <laughs> after that. Um, but that, I guess because I was knocked out of the game, that would, that would probably be uh, number one. That's great. That's great. Well, ex- except for obviously you, you probably getting a concussion and not having it diagnosed. But, uh, at the time. I'm certain of it. <laughs> um, biggest physical freak you played with at Wisconsin. Uh, Joe Thomas is up there. Um, Joe Thomas, Jimmy Leonard, 
Um, probably those two, probably those two guys. Although I will say again, going back to when I get dropped off at seminary, uh, I think that was the first time I met Dwayne Smith, who was my class running back. And he's like five eleven, like two thirty, And you're like, and cut like 12 pack. You're like, this dude is a bodybuilder. Like this, this is like, why am I here? Like, <laughs> these are freaks. Like, what am I doing here? And, uh, and so I remember somebody talking to him, like, dude, like, what was your high school strength and conditioning program? Like, he's like, I, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't lift. And I was like, you're just like that. like, <laughs> there's no, no effort. Like, gosh, I'm lifting like six days a week and I'm still like 172. <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah. That was like Antosh Hawthorne. He told us he never lifted in high school. He looked like yeah. he never lifted. Like, yeah, but yeah. He was, Smith, he's still an All-American. Yeah, right. well, he was just a freak athlete. But Dwayne Smith walked in the room, and you're like, man, this dude has more abs than, like, a normal human. He, yeah. like, abs on his abs on other abs. Yeah. I, yeah. I just he, remember, like, in the shower, I was like, this guy's a freak. Like, AD's a freak. I'm like, these dudes are freaks of nature. Like, they are studs. I am like walking around like 270 pound fat fullback. I'm like, Oh boy, <laughs> I can never look like these guys, no matter what yeah. I do. Oh, another guy is a freak that is kind of underrated athletically. Jack. I Oh yeah. That guy. Oh my gosh. Just in practice. It's like, I, I'm not, I'm just not going to throw it over there. <laughs> There's no <laughs> point in me trying to throw. Uh, if, if Jack is covering somebody, like I'm just going to not That's do that. Great. I'm going to throw it to this side. That guy was a freak. Uh, offensive lineman who is the most uh, off, shall we say? Uh, who who is the, uh, the the most? Not I won't say psychopathic, but the the, the one who was maybe the craziest of the offensive linemen you played with. I mean, it's got to be Donovan, doesn't it? Got it. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, but that that's what you want. <laughs> that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Old lineman. You want guys that aren't going to put up with any nonsense, man. Like, uh, and 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 those are the guys. Like coaches would would say, you know. When you're playing at this level, you want you want to think about guys where, all right, if you're in a back alley and there's some suspicious people that are getting in your face, like who would you want with you? Who would you want behind you? Um, and and you hope that the majority of those guys are the offensive linemen. Um, and and we had a bunch of those, and and Donovan was one of them. Um, he wouldn't put up with anything, man. Dude, somebody hit me even like as the whistle. Donovan's probably in their face, you yeah. know, and. Uh, and again, that's what you want in those guys. I, I'd probably go Donovan Raiola. Uh, and finally, what does John Stocko listen to before the game to get his mindset right? Oh man, I I don't I don't remember what I was listening to in college, but I remember in high school. I think I had some uh, maybe some Petey Pablo on there. Uh, definitely rap, rap for sure. Uh, maybe Pablo? a little. Yes. <laughs> what was that like that? that raise up song or whatever. Yeah. I can't think of the name. Yeah. Oh my God. That's great. Um, that's a great one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely rap. That's amazing. Pablo. Yeah. Oh, we could end on that. That was we, perfect. Yeah. Style. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably haven't listened to PD Pablo since 1999, but uh, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. John, thank you so, so much for spending you know a bunch of time with us here today. This was amazing. And we have a trillion more questions. So we're going to have to have you back. 
Oh, anytime. This is a blast. Thank you guys for doing this. I've had so much fun today. And then listening to the other episodes that you guys have done prior to this has just been so much fun. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'd come back anytime. Stocko, I love you, man. I miss you. I love you, man. You got you to hit me up when you come back to Minnesota. Dude, 100%. Sure. If I ever got you and Brooks in a golf game, I wouldn't oh. know what to do with myself. Yeah. That, that would be we, – we, we'd have to do that on a Saturday and clear our schedules for Sunday. So. And have a lift ride oh. for sure. There's no... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Stocko, you and I could do a front court hold for like 25 seconds now. Before we play, maybe. we can go. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Blo- yeah. Like, like, an, like an ugly front court, like <laughs> butt up in the air, yeah. look like a tripod, like no flatness to it whatsoever oh, man. For, for 25 seconds, maybe. All the good times. That's All the a, good times. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast presented by betonline.ag. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Stocker, you're the best, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.